Hey everybody, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. In this episode, we have composer extraordinaire Eric Whitaker. This is actually a practice interview uh, that I did in preparation for this podcast series, but uh, I'm putting it up anyway because I thought it was interesting and frankly, my mom loved it, so you can't argue with that. Anyway, here it is. I hope you enjoy it. When I was with Marty last night, yeah, it's like I don't now. What do I do? Like seriously, what I? It's like when we normally have conversations, I don't feel these. I, it's like I'm out of the moment because or, I might bring something. Yeah, this is I'm the part thinking, where you've got to lead, right? Yeah. So okay, so yeah, so, me, so yeah. this is where I have a card yeah. that says uh, talk about what Eric puts in his hair. Yeah, exactly. Or oh, so okay. So thinking back. I think what Mark Maron might have done in that moment, sorry, I'm always bringing him up, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the only no, podcast it's I listen like to regularly. The template for me. Is, um, okay, so, like, I think you one of them you nailed beautifully. Like, I, well, I don't remember what we were talking about, but then you pulled it out of the conversation. You're like, wait, what happened? Like, you, you took something. Wait, explain that for a second, right? Right, right, right. So then I think... In retrospect, I said something like, you know, talking about being an artist, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you know, and that's the uh, uh, Mark is uh, he's an artist. I'm, right. I'm only deconstructing this now. So um, he's what did I say? I said, oh, his meticulous nature. That's you can't separate it from the person. He is who he is. That's right. And then that now, in retrospect, that's a big old low hanging fruit. I actually unintentionally revealed something huge about myself. Right. And so possibly what you might do is be like, oh, okay, that's. That's where we're going next. <laughs> now it's hard when you got all this happening and Hila walking around. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. but do you know what I mean? So there might be some natural segues that we would normally have in a conversation. Yeah, the big problem that I that I'm having now is what we talked about earlier. Is that when I put the microphones out, I stop listening. Like I, I don't stop listening, but I don't listen. I'm not as fascinated by what you're saying as because I normally you're, you're would be. aware of the whole I'm thing. Aware of what's happening. And then it makes me so insecure. And then I start to panic. I'm like, I start to fucking panic because I hear I f- like the hair story is winding down. And then now what the fuck are we going to talk about? Oh, Even so you- though I've known you for like 18 years, I'm, I'm like, uh, so t- tell me about music. It's awesome. <laughs> Remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. Yeah, so that, that's interesting. So this is, this is the part that I think might be interesting is is to actually in that moment just like Hila said say this is so fucking weird man because i've known you for so long i don't don't know what to say right that's interesting that's beautiful because then you know i'm going to come back with something and then we'll be into it but as opposed to like something prescriptive where it's like so you know yeah but like how many how many interviews can i get away with i mean like every interview i'm going to be like uh you know jack black you're amazing and i don't know what i'm doing what should we talk about but that could be really interesting yeah, i guess yeah but but ultimately you know it won't be that no yeah, of course yeah after a while it'll be but i think there's something really compelling that it, only in that whatever you're feeling then at the moment that's it that, so the, that's what it is that that goes on the mic yeah it's really it's hard because it requires you to be really naked warts and all you because now you're you're getting all this yeah you know no that's I mean? true that is true. Absolutely. I think that's probably where the trepidation is, is like less about how do I keep this going and more like, oh shit, how do I, how do I sound good? Yeah, that's it. How do I do this and still sound good? And yeah. that's, that's the part you got to get over. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to sound good. No, absolutely not. And don't listen to yourself. Just, oh, I, yeah, that's what I do. That's, oh yeah. That, you know, that, I mean, that I'm, I couldn't do that. I could not listen to my voice. Well, it's not even that. It's that even in the moment, I think, 
uh, my mind starts racing about how terrible I am, and 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 this is this whole thing's imbecilic, and I I, I don't I, who do I think I am, and really oh yeah, it's a whole it's like a whole cavalcade of where does that come from though? Probably my father. Seriously? No, I don't know. I like that. It's absolutely, definitely my father. No, no, it's no probably I, not. I it's just, a, I, you know, I don't know. But we've talked about this before. I mean, it's something that it's like one of the monkeys on my back for sure. This kind of running commentary of yeah. judgment. Yeah. I mean, as I get older, it gets better. I, well, I don't know if it gets better. I think I just, I, I don't know. I, I just care about it less. To me, that's the promise of getting older. Is that it? You start to and bad to knees, go. yeah, bad that and bad knees. Those are the two. My knees are hurting now, for sure. Like when you were, when we were talking oh, earlier the knees. Yeah. tonight, yeah. And it's funny because at, you know how you're always encouraging me to exercise, and once you get an exercise, you're going to feel this way, and your body wants to do this. And I, I was just reading this thing on Reddit yesterday about. Luckily, I was very athletic into my twenties. Yeah. Okay, so that. There's this whole article about bone density, and I probably have really thick bones. <laughs> so that I feel good about. Thank God. Uh, like, I can always fall back on that. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, you but like then, to fall back on your thick bones? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, and then there was this, art, this other article. It seemed to be right next to it. It's like some kind of Reddit conspiracy with the way I have my thing set up. But, um, that you know, they're like articles designed to make me feel horrible about myself and <laughs> this other one is like at, you need to be the fittest in your life in your midlife and that informs how you're gonna die oh, it's all gonna play i out. mean in a way they didn't say midlife how. like 40s basically like right now you well, should be at your fittest I, I'm, I'm not gonna live to be 210 he gonna be living <laughs> to be 210 <laughs> but yeah like right now basically between the time of 40 and 50 that your conditioning and the way like the shape of your body and how supple your yeah. skin is and the no i think that's true firmness of your buttocks i can feel that yeah i i heard this great thing one time it's it they said um the quote was uh at 50 a man will have the face he deserves which I always loved that, you know, when you turn 50, you can look and you can see the life experiences they've had. You can see also the choices they've made, right? The toll their lifestyle has had on their body. Um, and so I, 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 that, that's been helpful for me to think, okay, that's, that's my goal then is to, that's right. I want at 50, I want to kind of have a luminous personality. You know, it's, mm -hmm. you can have wrinkles and your skin's being a mess. Years. I got I've got to do it. I, Things I really though, even do. when you and I are playing tennis, it comes back almost immediately. Those knees, those yeah, knees but will I can't, stop. I can't get around the court like I used to. No, I mean, but that's I, because you're playing once a week. The yeah. the moment it becomes a regular thing. That's true. Yeah, even even if you were, this is not to excoriate you, but even if you were walking ten thousand steps a day, your knees would be like worlds better. But right now, you know, you might get a couple thousand steps a day. Yeah, and and then of course you're going bang around tennis. It's gonna it's gonna be a bummer for it's a week. Real dumb. Yeah. yeah. No, but so your body, I really believe that your body just has to get used to being a certain way and then I it agree. wants to stay that way. No, I agree. I agree. It's hard. You know, it's, that's the one thing, you know, that I've, you know, I have kids that I've started having when I was basically 42. Yeah. When you're old. Yeah. And now I'm 46 and I've got a newborn. It, it's, it's really hard to find time to get out and do anything that won't make my wife furious. I, that's not true. I mean, she's actually really very. She would be very supportive, don't you think? She, uh, yeah, you know, 
Oh, in, in general, about you getting in, in general, shape. In general, yeah. about me getting in shape if I didn't have to leave the house, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, also right now you're in... We're in the weeds, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're in the weeds. That, mean, that's right. Even, yeah. even you remember with Will, no, you, totally. right? Your yeah. first kid. Just if, So even if you can just get past the first six, six to nine months. months. Yeah, but right now, not only does she have every right to be resentful of you going and having a life... She's so sleep deprived that she's not even herself. It's she, crazy. You know, yeah, she's she's like she, she, so. I, I wish I could do a do over on that with Hila, where I could go back and and just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's possible. It's so much. It's so intense. Yeah, I mean the thing. I I just I wish we had a wet nurse. I wish mostly for me because would be <laughs> awesome and weird. Uh, you know, I it's. It's just it's hard to it, yeah it's just hard to get out. She does she does want me to be in shape, but yeah, like you said, she just. I mean, just getting over here. The only reason I'm over here right now is because she took the kids to her folks' house. I'll tell you though, if if and this this is not advice at all. Yeah. But in retrospect, for me, mm. if I could say, if there's one thing Hila wanted from me was just to be in a goddamn good mood. I was such, uh, just such a grump during the whole time. And yeah, I, I'm really trying to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. And so, but but so so I think if if it's, I'm guessing with you, if we're all couched positively, you know, like with with her, if it's just, um, I have to take it not. Per, I don't. I take things personally. Yeah, me and too. That's the biggest. Me too. Lesson. I know. This this is the problem. I think with you have to be a man. You have to fucking grow up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the problem. Yeah, I was gonna half joke, but I'm I was gonna say child. something like that too. Yeah, so I don't even know it's a man child. I think that it's we're the first generation. This is a grand experiment that we're having, where we're the first generation that is really trying to treat women equally. Right. We're trying to. I th- there wasn't even the artifice of it before. It was just the women are there and the men are here and the men are doing their thing. That's right. And, but so we don't. We have no guidelines or even rules. So sadly, the only template we even have is our fathers. No. And, and, <laughs> well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. I'm out of luck there. Man. Yeah. Me too. I mean, my, my, my my dad sort of treats my mom like a like a like the, a woman like, like a like a woman. That's right. Like a maid. Yeah. And it's not that way anymore at all. So it's all shifted. But the, the thing that's shifted for us is we don't entirely know what our role is. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's still not an excuse, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, the other problem that I have that I've always had is that I make money in a way that I really enjoy. So Amy, like, Amy, I think, I don't know for sure, I, but I get the feeling sometimes that there's some resentment about me having a good time. Like, if, I think if I were laying asphalt for a living, she'd, she would appreciate that a lot more. Well, yours is doubly complicated because she's a singer also. Yeah. So she's got to watch you do your thing over and over. What have you got? Come say it into the microphone, Hila Plitman. <laughs> <laughs> to learn to let go the resentment of others as your issue. Because sometimes it's towards you and sometimes it's their, uh, the own person's process. about taking it personal. Process. I take things personal and I shouldn't. And sometimes the resentment of a wife that just has young kids is is a resentment that is going to process itself over maybe even a couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not going to get solved in a week or in a month or that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the more you find time to just be 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 in a good mood, but then but then of course you got to do it what you love and you got to do what you got to do for you too and she appreciates that and she knows that that's the best thing too you know Mm -hmm. um yeah so i I, 
and that's a hard that's a hard thing to to do <laughs> you know that's something i try to do with with ash too in terms of my own learning and that's really hard when they're in a bad mood you mm-hmm. know from from the you, right? yeah from the earliest stage when they're like crying and screaming and just your and it, there's that weird stomach instinct and learning to let that go and be like they're processing something they're allowed to i don't need to always fix it for them mm-hmm. you know i just need to be there and i need to try not to take it personally mm-hmm. and not to tell them either don't be in a bad mood or get angry at them for being in a bad mood or you know if i want to help them i can try to help but yeah, I think one of the problems that I have is I think being being the age that I am, I do st- kind of straddle that um, the the paradigms of expectation within a marriage. I think I think that I I definitely have taken advantage of Amy's role as as a wife in my, my estimation of what a wife should be, and so sometimes. What do you mean taking advantage? Well, like I'll get irritated about, oh boy, I mean, when we got married, it, it was really tough. And we didn't, we really didn't discuss, I don't know, I, I kind of felt like I didn't, I didn't even think about discussing what our roles would be. You know, I grew up, as you know, I'm an only child and, and you know my mom really well. I mean, when I was a teenager, um, I'd get up in the morning, I'd take a shower, and by the time I got back into my bedroom, the bed would be made, the carpet would be vacuumed, yeah. everything would be put away. And at the time, it you know kind of annoyed me, but then as I grew up, I think subconsciously I expected that in a wife. Yeah, there's an entitlement. That's I right. Think. So then when we got married, that didn't just happen automatically. And then there was all this friction that I... that started happening that wasn't there before we got married and somehow the the title of wife sparked all of these unspoken expectations yeah yeah and finally i i don't know i mean i don't know how it happened but it actually occurred to me one day that's that very thing i said oh i have these expectations of amy that she's not even aware of like she did she didn't even know and frankly, I didn't even know until I had that revelation. And then we had this discussion and basically just had to talk about expectations. What are, what are your expectations? What are my expectations? What, what's reasonable within the framework of our lives and our relationship? And I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's, it's fucking exhausting just even talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's... I, I guess the, the, the it best... it had to happen. It had yeah, to happen. well, the, the talking about it, that's the whole, whole, the whole key, right? Because right. if you don't talk about it, then it all breaks that's down. That's right. But, so that all sounds really good. I think just right now, you, you, it's almost impossible to talk about. But, but it still doesn't mean you couldn't exercise more. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm telling you, it, because you, you end up feeling better. I know, you, I, you know, I've been, doing, I've been doing squats. That's what I've been doing. Wait, are you serious? I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but like just in the living room or what? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just squats. Sometimes I'm wearing pants, sometimes I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> are you working? That's it? how I mix it up. Are you trying, trying to get the badonka dunk? What's, what are you doing? No, I'm trying to get or? my, you know, get my knees working oh, better I see. and get, my, get the strength in my upper legs. Okay, well, that can't be quadriceps bad. Quadriceps a little better. That can't be bad. Yeah. Try to use employ proper form while yeah, holding good. So a, some, some, a newborn. Okay, some strength. Oh, so you're this is why you're holding Maddie. Sometimes, you're doing this? yeah. I mean, you know, the like the bobbing kind of helps her calm down. 
please tell me there's video of this. There's well, <laughs> not that I know of. I would pay so much. I have to ask this. my neighbors. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. <laughs> but I mean, so, that's like that's all I. But but besides our Wednesday tennis uh, thing, do you ever think? Okay, so the other night when we went to see The Revenant, you know, I was just like we were talking. I was so blown away by the filmmaking. But the other thing that that I loved was just. This the sense of these wide open spaces and, right. this, and adventure, and yes. that there wasn't anything prescribed. You know, like I'm walking around here in Los Angeles, and it's like, you know, the roads go this way or they go that way, and you walk on the sidewalk, and the cars go on the road, and the grass is here, and the trees, and everything is just—it's all neat and ordered. And there's no something like the Revenant where you're improvising all the time. It's you with nature. That's with right. A big it's open a real sky. Jack London story. Exactly. Now, of course, it's very easy for me to overlook the fact that you know you might get shot by a native american or through the throat something or something and yeah or and bit, that's right or yeah, gangrene or yeah or yeah. a hundred other horrible things that's right starved to death but but the the idea that it's you know like hearing you doing squats in your in your living room with with the baby i've done stuff like that too where it, where it's like i've got to do something i know but but what it, what it feels like is like all of your manhood has been stripped away like every why i don't live bit, in the woods no, but, you, but not even living in the woods. It's, I don't have a solution for this. It's just like that to me seems like. Well, it's, all, a, sign of, it's a sign of the times. That's all. Is that what it is? I guess. I mean, I'm, like I said, my knees hurt. My, here, here are the facts. Let's just talk about the facts. Okay. I'm 46. I've got a two-month-old. My wife is sleep-deprived. My three-year-old should be outside playing soccer, but he's mostly watching TV because nobody knows what to do with him yet. Yeah. And, and I've got this baby sometimes. So I've got to do something. Like, okay, like yesterday, Will and I went out in the backyard. Well, you know, the baby was quiet for like 17 seconds, and Will and I went in the backyard and kicked the soccer ball around. Yeah. And it was terrific. It was great. And yes, I need to try and promote those things every day, but I'm fucking tired, man. And so, so I've got all these things okay, wor- like working against. I hear that. So the best I can do sometimes is to do squats in my living room. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Miles from Tomorrowland. No, I'm not judging it. I'm just talking about like the sense of defeat and resentment that comes up, I think, in men when they feel like they've, they don't get to be men, for whatever that means. Sure. Okay. Right? There's, there's just yeah. something that... And, and I don't know how to get the manhood back, but I, uh, you know, I don't know if it's cigars and poker night or if it's, uh, you know, you and I can go get our nails done. I, go on. <laughs> but but something where where yeah i i mean i frankly i feel less and i feel so blessed to be with hila because she's such a, a fitness freak that i'm it forces me I, I i know i wouldn't be in shape if i weren't married to her well the i think the other i think there's another thing to it though um i mean when you were in london you were in shape but you didn't look great no okay so the thing is is that you also have arrived in this place in your relationship with Ash's age and the location that you're in yeah, that's, that's and, so the, true. and the psychological space that you guys are in. And, and, you know, frankly, Amy and I had arrived at that place and then Maddie came with and Will. just like yeah. fucked the whole thing up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, you know, so you, you, I know that we're going, I, and now I have the comfort of knowing, I mean, it was total. it was apparent in the birth when Maddie was born, the, 
the experience that I had with Maddie was so profoundly different than yeah. it was with Will. With Will, I just thought, you know, who am I? Who am I in this marriage? Who am I in this world? What's my identity? What is this thing coming out of my wife? Where's all this? Where's all this blood coming from? Am I going to be homeless in a week? And you know, it's just like yeah, yeah, just all exactly. this like a maelstrom of just terrible thoughts. Yeah. That was, you know, kind of sidelined by this thing that happened that was really cool. <laughs> right. And now, like right. with Maddie, yeah. it was the opposite. I didn't have anything tempering the joy and the wonder. And I knew that, you know, we have a house and I know that we've, we've got enough cars and we've got, an, I have enough money and, you know, all of that thing. So I'm comforted by the fact that we made it through the first one and got back into this really great, comfortable Yeah, you know this place. will be I, So I know now. that it's, yeah, yeah uh, what it is is me doing squats in the living room right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's what it yeah, is. That's because, how it is. Because now you've got a ticking bomb on the table, which is, you know, reading Reddit and realizing if I don't get in shape now, yeah. even with how crazy it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm doomed. Then, then I'm doomed. Yeah, so, so both, you're being pushed from both ends. That's right. Yeah, okay. Which was fine in college. <laughs> what, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, I that's I was just experimenting. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I it, there. It, yeah, it seems like every day that goes by, there's just a little bit more urgency to the state of my physical and mental health. I yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I'm doing the thing now occasionally where I'll see myself in the mirror and be like, oh my god, this is really happening. Yeah, this is actually happening. It's so surreal. It's um, yeah. Well, I you know I I think also as the I mean the other side of the coin is that before Maddie was born, I didn't know Will half as well as I know him now because we've spent so much time together over the last. You know, I started taking Will more regularly to do our own like guy things, probably six months ago. And the lady that, that advised us through the, the birth and the what's to come, and, you know, we hired this lady that, this doula who was amazing, really warned us about Will glomming onto Amy and, and just this nightmare situation where I'm kind of left watching everything implode, you know, oh, yeah. and not being able to help. But somehow Will and I become super close, and, like, oh, Amy did the best thing yesterday. She brought... She brought home these Nerf guns. Have you ever had these Nerf guns that shoot these little Nerf darts? Yeah, sure. Dude, they're awesome. Yeah, that's best. Did Will have fun with it? Yeah, she bought two. She bought one for each so of us. You guys us. could shoot each other. It's it was the best, amazing. Right? Yeah, we had those in London too. And it's finally something that I don't dread doing with him. <laughs> like putting together giant dinosaur puzzles, which yeah. I don't like. I don't like doing no, that. No, Louis C.K. says that too. You know, it's I, like I you, you're, it. just, you're so bored out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, so we ran around with, and I had fun. That's really good. Actually, you know, we should do that for Ash. We should get some of those for when he's got friends over. Because oh. sometimes he gets bored too, and those things are great. Oh, it's amazing! I'm and they're star. They're these Star Wars blasters. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, okay, total home run. Oh yeah, and so when Will comes over, they can all play together. Okay, this yeah. is great. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's the best part too, is when you can finally really start to interact with them. Yeah, and then do things that you enjoy too. Yeah, yeah, you know, that are appropriate. Obviously, I can't take them to Rhino. Uh, <laughs> Experiment rhino. You could think of think all the attention you'd get. That's true. It's like taking a puppy. Yeah, bring a cute kid in. Oh, Come on, that's terrible. <laughs> it's gonna save you apart. <laughs> think of all the money you'll save. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. I want to go back to what we were talking about. 
about this project you're working on? Do you mm. think, I mean, I know we can't really talk much about it right now, but do you think that, go, are you able to compartmentalize? There's something that actually, I mean, that sounds kind of really radio-y and interview-y, but there's something really that I don't know about you, about how you compartmentalize the, because you're, I mean, you're busy. You've been really busy since I've known you. And how do you do that? How do you keep all the balls in the air, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know how you do that. But, Stand on my head. Uh, uh, like, how do you do, like, you're going on these talks, and then you've got this band piece that you're working on, you've got this other project, and they all seem to be due at the same time. Yeah, And, and you've told me that one of your secrets to getting a lot done is just making promises that you may or may not be able to keep, and then trying your best to make those deadlines. Yeah, that's basically it. So... Uh, it's a good question. I, um, yeah, I, I, the best answer I have is not well. I don't do it very well at all. So usually what happens is I've got a bunch. So right now I, I've, I've probably got 12 plates spinning, right? So projects that could come to fruition a year from now, two years from now, or next week. Right. But, but so, something's spinning. And I think that's just the nature of being a... Um, being a, a freelance no uh, being free, yes. <laughs> no being a freelance artist okay right, right? because right. that the, you know you're the same way but That's like right. we just got to sure. improvise a career so it's sure. like yeah just keep these things going and try to make that happen and also because i'm just endlessly fascinated by things mm -hmm. and so uh, my curiosity always gets the best of me so if i have the chance to go to the space telescope institute i'm going uh, yeah, you got to do that, right? No matter what's going on, yeah. Yeah, right? So then you add to that, and then, oh, and then or there's a medical conference I've been invited to. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll do that. Oh, and there's one on the on the health of the oceans. I've been invited to that. You know, and suddenly your calendar's all booked full of a whole bunch of stuff that is, uh, that's not myopic. And then what, and, ha what, what happens when, you know, uh, disaster strikes like two things collide and yeah, one of them they, just doesn't fucking work yeah so what happens usually is one of them just falls apart and that's it yeah so like like i since since i've been doing this 25 years i've been able to convince myself that i can be writing several pieces at one time you know what, that about yourself yeah i know that it's not true at all i can convince myself over and over oh, and over but i know that it's not true i know from experience so what's happening right now for instance is i've got these three things pieces that i'm supposed to be writing and one of them has just taken over. One of them just eats my whole brain and spirit. It's all I can think about. And the other ones just aren't getting done. So right now my plan is that there's this concert March 22nd. Mm -hmm. So Like that's actually happening. Yes, there will be people buying tickets. Right. And it says on the program, here are these pieces, which I'm working on. Right. So those things have to get finished uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. So my plan right now is to finish this thing I'm working on now, hope it is done, work on that, and then somehow throw the rest of that together in a week at the end of February. This is my big plan. It's unbelievable. Now, usually what happens is it's going to take more than a week. It'll take me two weeks. Everybody on the other end works their asses off. They work sure. around the clock copying and graving. I end up paying them twice as much money to make it happen. Every time we say this will never like happen again. every movie I've ever sung on. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, I don't want it to be that way, and I have such admiration for people who don't do it that way, but for some reason that's like just, who Who doesn't? Well, in my mind. I mean, to me, that seems like the way most people do it. Well, no, actually, actually, Jeff Beal is the perfect example, another guy you should talk to. So Jeff seems to have it all worked out. He seems to write more music. He writes a dozen hours of music a year. How do you do that? 12 hours of music. So he, like, he's got... Um, is well, it actually, about, I mean, is it about creating a framework? Like, does he have a stylistic framework that he works within that's just basically variations of the Jeff Beal style, you know? I don't know. Is when you listen to the music, it doesn't sound like it. it. sounds like he's 
he's There's something new every time. Yeah, finding new interesting things every time. It, it seems more that he he loves to work and he really works. Now, one thing mm-hmm. he's got to his advantage right now is his son is out of the house. That's right. So and although, his work is in his house. That's right. So he's probably working all day. But that's to his right. credit, he works all day. So part of it is the Stephen King. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Maxim, which is just get up and write for six hours that's every right. day. Just do it. And I remember one time uh, I went out to have a drink. I invited you. You weren't there. I went out with John Powell. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I invited Jeff. And I said, Jeff, when, when, come come on over. It's that, Friday night. That's per- man, that would have been great. Yeah, but Jeff couldn't because Jeff was finishing up House of Cards. He just couldn't. He said, I might be able to finish this by 8.30, but I'll let you know. And that's where you're different from Jeff. Well, no, because I can totally relate to that. But by the time I got to the this has to be done tonight, the rest of my life would have fallen apart. I probably wouldn't have taken the phone call. Do you know what I mean? If, if I see. It's always an emergency. Do you envy that or you just accept that about the way you work now? No, I, I wish. I, I, no, I, I mean, I think I wish I could be like that. I, it seems like a because cleaner Because we've had these style. conversations a lot about I have the, I, you know me, I've always had these illusions of just being able to change myself overnight. And then I'm going to make this promise and do this thing. And then I'm going to be this thing now yeah. because I've always wanted to be that thing. And you're always like, well, no, that, that's just not who you are. You are this then. Yeah, I the, mean, maybe that's just the truth, right? Like, yeah, it's better to know who you are, I think, and then work within that. Right. Um, Instead of being sorry for not being something else. Yes. Yeah. That's it. What I have discovered about myself is if it's something I love and really want to do, then I will work around the clock. And t- but you know, still, I'm such a perfectionist. It's never going to be finished until it has to be done. Now, that's the thing that I've seen in the time that I've known you is that <clears throat> you've developed um, a comfort in turning in something that you're not entirely happy with because it will never be that. Thank you for saying that. It doesn't feel... I, I'm glad it looks like comfort from the outside. I think, unfortunately, what it actually is is me knowing that... I used to have in my mind, especially with classical composition, that the premiere was the premiere, mm-hmm. right? That it's finished and that's the piece forever. Now, mm-hmm. to me, the premiere is kind of like a, a bad dress rehearsal. It's like, yeah, okay, let's put that up and see if it works. Oh, it doesn't work? See, that's what I'm talking about. I'll take I it down, I'll change it, I'll really, change it. I think that's really... Free, I think it frees... It frees you, right? I, I hope so. Yeah. But what's interesting, starting to get into something like film, there's no dress rehearsal. And well, well, yeah. And they're definitely not like, sure. oh, take your time. You know, like... It's... Well, like we said before, I mean, each film is an industry in itself. I mean, the, you're talking, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, it's a good make. way to describe it. I mean, it's yeah. a, that's a big business. Yeah, it's its own little company. Uh, absolutely. And it employs thousands, thousands of people. Yeah. So the stakes, I think, I think the stakes are the same once you become fluent in that vernacular but until you do boy the the stakes seem high you know like for instance when we talk to john when we talk to john powell i don't get the feeling from him that he experiences the same amount of gravity that maybe he used to when he was 30 no i think you're right i think he's somehow he's unbelievably um comfortable with i know i know just crazy like like, calm about but that that being said he also seems to be crazy calm about everything in his life. And maybe it's just like a British thing. Yeah, I think it's partly a British thing, but you look at Jeff too, I think it's a personality thing. I think there are certain personalities that do well in film scoring because they can withstand the pressure. And the, the ones who don't have that personality, I think... Oh, it just eat them alive, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they crack. They, it's, I think not knowing, that's probably why I didn't end up going into film composing. Well, you said you went to one session, right? When you got to town at USC? 
yeah, I went to the to the film scoring school, yeah. but for you know for two years I pursued it. I really tried to break in. I went to to I lunches and dinners. Yeah, I, I even uh, you really like schmoozed. And yeah, schmoozed. Put thing. in music for a couple of films that I tried to get and didn't get them. Tried to get an agent. I really tried, um, but I think the truth is it's the lifestyle that scared me off. That it's just not. It's yeah. I would just I would burn out so fast. Yeah, the things I don't want to burn out. The music to me is the whole thing. It's it's what I. It's me. That's right. Right. It's my my life and my blood. And it's it's if that loses if that loses meaning. Well, the film business dominates that whole thing. It's the business part of film. That's it. Li- I mean, living with Nelson, uh, with Nelson Lee, you know, he he still works in the film business. He was he did the Ang Lee film that. Uh, uh, with the fucking tiger and the oh yeah uh, and the, uh, yeah what was that life of pi yeah life of pi right and then the company he was working for after they won the Oscar they folded and it was like it was really heartbreaking because they 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 produced this product that was so beautiful and they won the Oscar for cinematography on on these images that had really nothing to do with cinematography yeah, because yeah. it was all CGI the whole thing. The sunset was CGI. The, the the tiger was CGI. The boat, the water, everything was CGI except yeah. for that Indian kid. Yeah, and it's they won. Yeah, and they won this Oscar for it, and then the company folded because it's a business, and because it's a business yeah. first and foremost. And that's what I said earlier today, where it's that the intersection of art and commerce is. There's some tr- real tricky stuff that happens there. Yeah, no question. You it's... know, and then if if your life is this one thing is music. Uh, putting that in jeopardy for, you know, like she says in Fargo, for what? A little bit of money. Yeah, for a little bit. Exactly. I exactly. Mean, that's a so, problem. That's right. So it can't be only about the money. You, you've got to do something that you truly love. And uh, yeah, and then, there are, then there are the gigs that are just like, oh, God, I've got myself into this and I got to do my best to. But, you know, I have to say a lot of times, this is more on the spiritual artistic side. Sometimes, like, I'll find myself trapped and think, what am I doing? And that's when I do my best work. I hate to say it, yeah, but I actually... Yeah, the night before the papers do, right? Yeah, but even not the procrastination, more about the adapting myself out of a trap. This goes back to what we were talking you about, know, the like revenue. A creative trap? Yeah, well, the, or just like uh, there's a deadline, uh-huh. right? So there's something coming up, it's looming, and you're feeling all this stress. It's as if you're being attacked by a bear. I see. And then you've got... So you have to adapt. You have to somehow get... You have to work your way out of it. So you end up coming up, at least I do, sometimes coming up with original things for me. That may not have happened... That's right. Wouldn't Without have those circumstances. The problem is then it's Pavlovian. Yeah. So you live through all that stress. You have one of these great eureka moments at the last possible minute, and you start to conditioning yourself to thinking that's the magic. Yes. Wrecking my marriage and my yeah, yeah, relationships. Just, just, yeah, yeah. Destroyed yeah, my what life I and my body. That's, <laughs> that was the key all along. <laughs> I might as well have gotten a film. Yeah. And then you wake up one day and you're 46 and you actually uh, don't know how to do it the other way. So, right. so when you ask, like, would I like a, a disciplined way of doing it? I think I would, but I... But I, you don't. I don't even know how to start. I wouldn't and even know And I've got to say, you know, knowing you for as long as I have, like I said earlier, you, you've found a way to create a... I don't want to say a product, but a, a cr- create, create a piece of art um, without, without, so much dis- without so much of the destructive stress that you used to put yourself under. I mean, I, I see, I I see what you do is that you... You make your schedule full. Yeah. But I see that time crunch affecting you less than it used to. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Because, I, 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 you know, there were periods uh, before you moved to London where, and it, it, I mean, I know when you're busy because, like, we normally see each other at least once a week, sometimes two, three times a week. Yeah. And I know, like, when I don't talk to you for a week that you're, like, really. Yeah, when, when we you've got something, But I it know. used to be much 
I know. I remember we'd like disappear yeah, months. for months. I know. That's I, I wouldn't call anybody. So I wouldn't talk different. to anybody. Yeah, that's something you've changed about the way you work for sure. Th- thank you. Although th- then, but what's happened is, yeah, I, I burned out in London hard. I, I ran way too long, way too hard. And, um, and it started, I think it even started affecting my mental health. You know, you saw me yeah, this yeah, summer. Yeah. I think I was genuinely, uh, you know. Oh, and when we traveled to to uh, France. Yeah, you right. Know, like, yeah, lots of stress. And, 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 yeah, and it's just like, I, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is the last six months or so, I haven't really done that much work. Mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, now I'm starting to get back into it. It's starting to gear up and you're starting to see, you know. Yeah, the crunch a little bit. Yeah, but I hope I can keep what you're talking about, this kind of sense of grace mm-hmm. um, while it's happening. Because there's no question it's a better way to live. Oh, for sure. Um, I get the same way, though. I, I become really insular, and I can't think of anything else. It, um, that's where this meditation thing has really helped. I mean, I haven't done it in 17 days, but the idea of doing it and remember it, what, it, what it used to feel yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, that's another thing. i got to do some more squats, <laughs> and I've got uh, to cover myself in pudding and do some meditation. It's just what I do. Uh, the meditation is the whole thing, that's isn't the thing. it? That's it's the thing. It's so good. It it's creates so- this... Um, padding around you like a buffer uh, like a psychological and emotional buffer yeah between you and the rest of the world and you can let people into that space your, your friends and your family and still have this emotional safety around you and it mm-hmm. kind of it, uh, for me it just puts things in, into perspective a little bit more. yeah i think that's that's a, a thing yeah Where i used to get so um monocular and so wound up and and just one thing that I'm doing. Yeah, because you'd be dr- driven emotionally. That's it. And then as it turns out, the emotional language is just, it's one operating system in your brain. Yeah. And actually right. you can just reinstall, reboot and go, oh no, actually there's a totally rational, placid mind that mm-hmm. also is an, is, is an OS. And, and can get things done. Yeah, can, and, exactly. And, and create but, great. But, but it, yeah, changes. And, but it's still all you. Right? Yeah. It's still the same hardware. It's just a different way of seeing the world. Well, where I, I, I mean, I've changed in a way that is similar to the way that you work. I used to, um, I used to just be so um, wrapped up in what I was doing that I, I used to convince myself that when I was performing, when I used to sing more principal roles, um, the more I felt in the moment, oh, yeah. like how, yeah. how it felt to me is what the audience is. What is th- then I was really turning in the, yes. the great product. And then, uh, invariably at the end of the run after, you know, four or six shows, it was always the, it was always the show where I was thinking about, um, you know, gosh, I'm hungry or, uh, what what were the words on that thing? I, I don't know. I've got to, I don't forget to get milk on the way home. And it was always those shows where the people would come up to me afterwards and say, man, that was, that was really Probably because you were loose and present. I, I guess. And I, I, I think the lesson that I learned was that you don't have to, I don't know. I think there's a real misnomer in our business of the arts, just generally where you have to suffer for yeah, a good I, quality I agree. product. And I don't, I mean, I think a lot of, artists dish out suffering but i don't i think a lot of the great artists didn't thing is when it comes to composing i i don't know how to not do that you know when i was at juilliard david diamond who who's just a terrible teacher but he we had we had a really interesting lesson one day where he i i brought something in for him and i played it for him and he said now why would you do that this is always his question why would you do that you know and i who has an answer for why they would do it and i i but I probably said something like, because it feels right. Mm-hmm. He said, feels, what good is feeling going to do you? And I said, well, I don't know how to write unless I'm feeling it. And he said, what's going to happen to you the day when you don't feel? What are you going to write then? Okay, now at the time, you know, I was 
25 and I was like that's impossible yeah and also fuck you like I like yeah. I know what I'm doing and why are you in my head but the the truth is now I understand what he's saying which is like you gotta work so what are you yeah what are you gonna not write for six months because you're not feeling anything or, or or this film's coming up so you got a deadline and you're not feeling anything so what are you gonna do then so I can appreciate the craft of it well that's the trap that these that artists make you know the um you know uh like some of the great authors that write one terrific book yeah and then, like, like, look at Proust. I mean, that was that was it. What are you gonna do now? You fucking move to an island and just because you can't do it anymore, or you yeah, kill but, yourself, or but, what do you do? But then the problem is, it's like the the muscle that it comes from. Like, I guess you have to is, summon this superhuman strength every time you want to produce something good, right? Yeah, if that's how you work, yeah. No, and also, like, I don't even understand music outside that thing, right? Outside that, I, like, I I play through Bach on the piano, and I love it, I adore it, but I kind of marvel at it too. It's like, God, it's just music for music's sake. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's just kind of like. Oh, well, because at... he had a fucking congregation coming in two days. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, it's just I've got to write something. I know, or these commissions are right, but th- that's an amazing thing. Amazing. I don't, I don't have that bone. But also, you don't get the sense that he's just writing to write. There are composers that you hear that where it's like, okay, there's just churn. With Bach, it's like every piece is somehow this... it's unique. Yeah. yeah, it's him. You right. hear him on the page, mm-hmm. and um, but who he is is kind of a muso brain, right? Like his brain is designed to find patterns and connections and look at all the cool, beautiful things you can do with these notes. That's never what it is for me. For me, it's always, what is the emotional journey of the audience from here to here? And, and, but uh, I mean, that served you well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the music that you make is, first of all, it's, it's accessible and, but it's, it has a lot of integrity as far as the, you know, the, the tonalities that you use and the rhythms that you use and the themes that you create. I think for me, it's the best of both. I want. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But then the thing is, so and maybe this isn't a bad thing, but I can't churn. I can't just produce music on 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 demand. On yeah. demand, and there yeah. are people who absolutely can. Starting with Bach, who is you know like. Yeah, he's got a gig this but week. That, uh, dude, and, that's like being a, that's like being a painter and saying saying yeah, but Picasso. Yeah, but that's the that's what we all I do. Mean, how, no, you aspire. I don't want to settle for anything yeah. less. It's not that I'm trying to be better or even as good as Bach, mm-hmm. but if I know that it exists, then of course that's I want to improve you, myself. You, you strive for that. Yeah. yeah, I want every piece to be better. I want me to be better. In fact, that's really what I want is I want me to be better. I want to be a better version of me. Sometimes I worry that that's a trap with meditation because meditation it's are you just settling for Everything's fine. Just who you are, that's the right you right now. And or or is the true you You mean is it losing, also the, like you're gonna lose your edge somehow. Yeah, unfortunately. Or does the true you actually have ambition? If you're an ambitious person, you can't ever let go of that. So it's just always gonna be there. It's just more how you feel about it or how you deal with it. Well, the thing that meditation's done for me is that it doesn't allow one thing to dominate the truly important parts of my life. The true really the truly important parts of my life are my family. My friends, um, the people who I spend time with, my health, what I do to enjoy my life. I mean, how much more important is something that I'm going to make be than those things? No, you're absolutely right. And if anything, meditation makes me a better composer. There's no question. So I I, I mean, I think if, yeah, I think if it... No, I think what's happening right now, if I can just point this out, because I do this all the time, I think it's one operating system trying to sabotage the other operating system out loud. 
that's what that thing is doing. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're gonna lose your edge. You know that. that well, that's where that Dan, that's where that Dan Harris book was so helpful. For so me. great. Uh, where 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 he? I mean, the big. There were two. Well, the biggest lesson that I got out of that book that was like a real revelation was when he says, um, "The voice in your head is not who you are." Yeah. And I and you know me well enough to know that that can be overwhelming for me. This this voice that has. Um, yeah, that that's not evolved you. in my head to say these terrible things and to, to not, you know, just to make me feel like I, I don't deserve something or I'm not good enough for something. That is not me. Yeah. That, and that's so that's liberating. So it's so liberating. The one I took for myself that I use all the time now is he was talking to one of the gurus and the gurus, he was saying, you know, the, the, the guru says, listen, you, uh, you don't, don't worry about the past, don't worry about the future, just be here now. And so he's saying, yeah, but what do I have to do if I have to plan an airplane trip? What do I have to do? And so the, the guru says, well, of course you have to plan your airplane trip, but the 17th time that you think about it, is it still useful to you? Right. That's I, I, all the time. If I'm just, you know, like obsessing on That's something, right. it's like, is this useful right now? And that, that was very, and useful is such a great word, right? Because then it, it, it's detached from emotion. That's right. It's just, does this function? Yeah. Does it yeah. function? That, yeah. That that was incredibly helpful. That I you know I've given that book to a number of people now. Oh, you have. Yeah. Well, I I think it's a great book. I I actually need to practice what I preach a little more because, I, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't grow up meditating, and it's it's hard to incorporate a new paradigm. I mean, that's a real that's a new paradigm really for, or a new template for. You know, I found your we, daily life. I've gotten away from it too, but I found it's very much like working out. It's just it's you can get, you can get back into it. Yeah, just because, but it needs to become a habit. That's right, right? It's so it starts discipline. So it's like you got to force yourself for whatever it is, three yeah. or five or thirteen days. That's right, and then it becomes habit, and then you thirst for it. So then a day that you don't have it, you're it's something's not right, right? So it becomes an integral part of your day. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what has, to be honest, just fucked me up is the internet. Yeah, it's it's there's just too much too much information. Yeah, and I what happens is when I'm not actively meditating or living in that 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 quiet space where I am is on the internet, mm-hmm. just absorbing information, headline after headline, headline. After headline. Yeah, yeah, somehow it's all important and it all has to do and you sure. know, and you know you and I are both such curious people that it's just endless. But I, I not only do I think it's it's destructful to to the, that silent place, I actually think it's it's messing up my ability to think. I don't think I I am like you don't absorb thing deep things as easily. Yeah, and I can't focus like I used to. Sure. Like like when I I, I had a really great patch there where I was meditating all the time and staying off the computer as much that as makes possible. Such a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I found myself reading novels again for the first time in years. Yeah. Where I was really you know these long epic works, and now now it's hard to just even sit down and read for three or four minutes That's in a right. row. And so it's the same thing with focusing with, you know, with on, on the work or with family. I, I, it's, it's an interesting experiment that we're having with the Internet right now. No, I, I totally agree. I'll be, uh, and God knows what it's going to do to our I'm kids. I'm the same way. And I know that you tell me all the time, don't, you know, it's like an hour before bedtime. Don't. I still do it. I still, like, I lay in bed. And well, talk. I do too. So, uh, <laughs> no, listen, I, I stopped for a while, but yeah. the last couple of weeks I've been doing it. Yeah, for I, me, I, it's the elections. Yeah. No, That's damn. what it is. But isn't, so here's the funny thing, right? Like, yeah. Is it going to determine the outcome of the election? Not one bit. In right? In, in 10 months, one of those people is going to win. That's right. And it, nothing changes. It's just Bernie Sanders 2016. <laughs> it's 10 months. Well, now it's you know twice as long, but now we're 10 months away. It's just speculation. It's always just pure speculation. Yeah, you know, but the, the internet kind of tells you otherwise. It, it kind of it convinces you that you know what's going to happen. I know, happen. I know, but it's... 
But you know, but, so, but you don't. So even if you do know what happens, so would you, I think ultimately we're pattern-seeking beings. So we're yeah. looking for a signal in the noise. And there's something about being the idea of cultural literacy. You know, we live in Los Angeles. Everybody's in the know, and you want to have something interesting to say. And it, that's part of it for me. I mean, I like. I, well, I mean, I thirst for information. Yeah. But I think the information that's being presented, like you say, may not be as valuable as it as they make it sound. Yeah, right. You know, they're still trying to sell toilet paper and cars and mortgages. And that's what the internet does now. It's what TV's always done. They're just trying to sell you stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, we And it's, it's harder to recognize that when you don't have to sit through commercials and it's not as overt and obvious. But that's still how it's, that's why it's basically free. Because you, you know, they're telling you what to buy and you actually go out and buy it. Yep, yep, yep. Or like the, you know, the beautiful maxim about, like say Facebook, for instance, if you can't figure out what they're selling, you're the one that's being... The, that is they're selling right if you can't figure out what the product is you're the product that's right so uh, yeah and and it's I, so funny how so many people are so are so eager to be the product and then it goes into the whole culture of like people growing up wanting to be famous yeah wanting to be famous that yeah, that's something that, to aspire that's what to. you want to do it's not that's what you want to be is famous yeah yeah it's a it's an interesting time it's in a really interesting time it's it's uh yeah i both uh I, I, for, for me, it's all about Ash, you know, it's all about, God, I just hope he is okay with all this. I hope we don't completely destroy him with me, the... God, me, well, I hope I don't destroy him as a, I, I mean, I've got some real worries about my role in his development, like as a father. In Will's, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I find, yeah, I, here's the thing, this is, honestly, this is why I'm doing squats in the living room, is because I need to generate more physical energy on his behalf, for his behalf. What do you mean? Well, I, I don't... Oh, you need to be yeah, more active? I, need to be, I just need to be in better shape so I can run around with him. I know. Well, that's that's one of the tricks and of I'm just being just, an, older, fucking tired. an older parent. Yeah. And the, the kids have so much energy. Listen, so much I'm, energy. It just doesn't stop. I know. It's, trust me. If, if Like I said, if I weren't married to Gila, a lot of times I would let Ash just go do your thing. But she's got so much energy that, okay, I'm up and let's do this thing and let's be active. And then once you get up and do it, you find that it's actually... Way better than what you were dreading to yeah. begin with. Like, you know, uh, sometimes we'll grab my hand and say, "Come on, play. Let's go play, Daddy." And and I kind of do. Like, I'll kind of. I, I'm not on my phone. I don't. I I just. I'm just not into it. As maybe it's because he's three, and I just three year olds just do lame stuff. I mean, that <laughs> you know, that could be it. No, I I hear you. I mean, once we can go to like car auctions and go fishing and and shoot, you know. Tin cans, stuff that you love, yeah, yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. Picking I know, up I know, it's, it's, the, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. It's a hard balance. I don't, you know. And then I feel guilty. I feel guilty that, and maybe that goes back to what we were talking about. Is that we do have a lot of pressures. I mean, your dad didn't go. He didn't go run around with you and build. Well, no, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. The last thing in the world I would have done as a kid is wanted to play with my parents. Yeah, exactly. but the difference is you'd want to play with all the other kids in your neighborhood. There was this time when you just opened up your door and you went outside and you were gone until nine o'clock at night and everybody's mom would call them home. Yeah. So you're just out. You don't want to play with the other kids. I can't see doing that in our neighborhood. And we live in a pretty suburban pocket of LA. It's just just not the way the world works anymore. At least doesn't seem to. At least not here. I also didn't grow up in Los Angeles and you didn't either. I mean, yeah, I, I grew, grew up, up on a green belt on a cul-de-sac. Yeah, I don't know. We could if, go out and build forts. and. I don't know if it's that way in other little towns. It's an interesting point. You, know, you can't go out and throw dirt clods at each other here. No. I Sometimes I really worry as a parent that I've made a wrong decision. 
by doing this, by living a really suburban life. Well, it's it's a lot better than London, though. I mean, at least you have the beach here. No, I mean, and all of it's great. Like but the weather facilitates you guys getting out. No, th- all of that. But I mean, just, just where the, you know, the kids can just go outside and play and I get know. dirty and, and run and around. Figure and, and figure just it out. And figure it out. Figure the shit out. Figure it out, on, yeah. On, on, on their own. Yeah, also, you know, it's so rare that kids are even alone these days. So that, that you know, some kid gets pushed over or something. There's a there's a way that you, you start to learn how to, as opposed to your parents are always, oh, careful, or we don't do that, or we don't, you know, it's like, no, no, listen. Like, you know, what's really kinda... weird, too, is that my... I I mean I have this memory of growing up that's kind of similar to yours where we'd go out we lived there was a we lived on a cul-de-sac and then there's a a big green belt and then a giant row of trees that was like miles long at least it seemed like that and then on the other side of those trees were a train track and there was no fence or you just walk through the eucalyptus trees and there's a train track yeah. there and I remember one time a, somebody got hit by the train and we wanted to go down I mean Jesus. it's just it's just like that Stephen King story yeah we wanted to go down and see the you know the body or the arm or whatever yeah and we walked for i don't know it seemed like hours yeah and then did some stuff and didn't see anything of course and walked back and and we used to do that kind of stuff all the time we'd have dirt bikes and we'd oh, build yeah. giant mounds and jump over each other jump on. over each other's bodies yeah, like yeah. somebody would lay down exactly we would do this all jump. the time yep and now my mom comes over to the house and Will is on a scooter and or whatever, and he takes a fall, and she gets really uptight. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know that's that's a bummer, and I don't know what that is. That's, and but, and I I wasn't raised that way. Maybe it's just because she wasn't around to see this. I'm worried that it makes that we them really doing. fearful, and, and especially and I go the boys. Other way with Will, like I, you should see his face. His face is a giant scab right now. He felt he was going down a hill on his scooter, and he just ate it. Yeah. So you just, and. Luckily, I mean, luckily, and we talk about this too about the personalities of kids and how they just have their own personalities. Yeah. He didn't cry. He he just we washed it off the of soap. And but if my mom were there, she would have had a fucking heart attack. Yeah, yeah. And now in a way, that's her role. That's okay, right? So yeah, that, sure, that's that's sure. what she's going to do. Absolutely, and she's and she's a fantastic grandmother. I yeah, mean, she, yeah, she's great and a great mom too. But at the same time, you, you the kids just need to be able to go out and, and bang themselves up. Yeah, and bang themselves up. But that that doesn't seem to be. It's, part, it's, it's not part of the yeah, it's also culture. prescribed now you know you go to the bouncy house and you're there for an hour and they put your shoes here and you put the there's no sense of kind of adventure and now the law, now the law can get involved what do you mean i mean if your kids are walking around oh yeah you, I've read now, about that's this like stuff. that's like actually illegal in some places <laughs> it's crazy i mean that's crazy it's crazy so then what's going to happen to these kids when they grow up and yeah, well, that's what i worry about is uh, like is their comfort zone confined to just things they know and patterns that they're used to and so so they get a job from nine to five only because that's what they're used to is a sense of structure and you know not having to think for themselves or not having to improvise i hope that's not it yeah me too and also you know i have to recognize too that we live in los angeles which is its own it's not the it's, it's not just a little microcosm of i mean we not everybody thinks this i assume that the whole country thinks like we do and i know but you think about how, think about your neighborhood think how safe it would be so I don't think it's a microcosm, but I think the thing we're talking about is going on all over the country. I yeah. don't think. Do you think even like in the rural? Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I know, you know, Tony lives in Kansas, and he mm-hmm. says that basically all the backyards are connected. There aren't fences. Yeah, right, so right, right. It's a very run. Midwestern thing. That's how it is in Ohio, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe it's more like that. I don't know if the kids ever took advantage of it, though. I kind of, you know, part. I always, I still struggle with this. Like, I, I long for this little country house next to a stream where i could go fishing and 
And, and then I think, wow, but I would miss all the culture. And then the other side of me says, so you don't even go out to the culture because the traffic's so <laughs> goddamn right, terrible. Right, yeah. It's like, and you know, and then I'm doing squats in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is what I've been thinking this too. I've been thinking about, you know, where... Like, should we all just move to Jackson Hole? What, what's the... Yeah, I don't know. Like, what's what's actually preventing? Well, I mean, I know what it is. It's at my parents and Amy's parents, and the funny. Know. Oh, hang on, it's here. Yeah, sure, sure. Hey, baby. Hey, Natasha, I wasn't sure if you guys no, come come on home. We've been going. How long have we been going? Like an hour. An hour. Yeah. yeah. No, no, cut. Oh, today and not not tomorrow then. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, just us and egg tacos. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I'm going to be in Pasadena. Yeah, Omar's got, he's got a date tonight. Okay, beautiful. Ani hovatach. Bye, baby doll. Did she just say kiss Omar for me? She did. She said kiss Omar. Oh, God. She knows me so well. Just make sure. Okay. Well, Mr. Eric Whitaker, <laughs> thank you so much for being on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a pleasure. See, this was great, I thought. Right? Absolutely. Like, I don't know. This is just you and I talking. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't pull that off. Maybe it's the maybe it's the uh, environment. Like being in your house. You know, I know your house. I'm super comfortable. Last night we were set up in the middle of Red Cat at Disney Hall. Oh, you were? Like, yeah, in, like a in a lobby, lobby or something? Yeah. Yeah, which were there people walking by and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so already you got to kind of like... You don't have to fight that. Yeah, you're putting on a thing. Yeah. And also just, like you said, a little bit of experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And and like the more you, the more you get into it, the more I remember that, oh, I just need to listen to what my friend is saying. That, yeah. Like normal, like a normal human. Well, at, le- at least listening to the stuff that you did uh, with Marty, this time you were talking a lot more about yourself. Like you revealed a lot more. It was more like a conversation than a, right. an interview. Well, that's what the show's about. It's living with a genius. <laughs> so that's, that's what we have to wrap around. <laughs> I feel like you got to justify that title, living with a genius. Like how does it start? It's on, it's on the website. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, I, I'm in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I have to tell you. <laughs> just, just, just look at the picture. <laughs> uh, oh my God. All right, man. Oh, fucking amen. Thanks, bud.